Good morning. I want to say buenos dias, buenos dias. That's a good one. Um, let me start by saying that God has given you a gift. A gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. He's asking you to use them well to serve one another. That's the scripture in 1 Peter 4.10. My name is Areli, as, as Rob just said, and I am the pastor of the family ministries with Jeff, my husband, and I'm gonna start a new series today. I have the privilege to start a series called Walking with God. It is based on a book called Knowing God. This book um, is 40 years old. Maybe some of you had already read it. It is um, very important that for you to know that comes in Spanish as well. <laughs> you know, it's really easy reading in this version. Um, sold more than a million copies in Spanish, only just kidding, more than a million copies. It is a classic, it's, it's been, uh, it has been an important tool to help Christians around the world to discover the wonders, the glory, and the joy of knowing God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. I ask that you will fill us with your spirit. Father, I ask that you will speak to us through me today. Father, I ask that we will get to know you better. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Six years ago, uh, Jeff and I had an opportunity to take a trip to the Blue Ridge Mountains uh, in Georgia. Gorgeous place. We uh, rented a hiker's cabin, and we were in the middle of nowhere, just surrendered by nature, no TV, no internet, and just one another. It was an excellent, excellent trip. And we went to a state park called Amicalala's Fall State Park. This, this park had waterfalls, and as soon as we entered the trail, that we were faced with the first challenge. It was not a regular hiker's uh, trail. It was, there were steps. So we were faced with the first challenge of 175 steps up. Just for you to have an idea, uh, ten, between 10 and 13 steps makes a floor. So the first one is 175, and here we are. You have the opportunity, do I go or do I stay? Well, we went, of course. And then we got there, and we were faced, as soon as we get to the landing of 175 steps, we were faced with a second challenge. The next one, after the view, is a challenge of 425 steps up, <laughs> all the way up to the top. And a lot of people were, you know, wondering, do I go up or do I go back down? They were having all kinds of energy drinks already and selfies and Facebook and all this thing. And what do you think we did? We went up. We went up for 425 more steps, not once, but twice. We came down and like, oh, you do it again? Okay. So we went up again and down, not one day, but two days. The following day we came back, we saw all kinds of people, but one of them really caught my attention. It was this, name, this man, his name is Bob, um, 
and he was at the 175 step landing. He has never gone to the top. He does that for a living, just kidding. He has a lot of time of his hands. And he stays there, he just stays there and observes. And he's wondering if people will go up or come down. That's his job. He's just enjoying himself. Oh, this one's they will go down. Oh, this one will go up. But you know what? He's missing something that Jeff and I had. The opportunity to go all the way up to the 500 step mark. The opportunity to see people struggling a lot. Some of them with little ones. Kids were whining and crying. Parents, they were not kind to one another. <laughs> but some of them were really, really looking forward for the challenge. Looking forward to the going faster and encouraged to go all the way to the top. And this book, this book will give you that. This book will give you an opportunity to go all the way to the top to get to know God and know him for who he is. What I didn't say is that when we went all the way to the top, we have one more opportunity. Now you can buy a t-shirt, one for $19.99 or two for $35 that says I survived the 500 steps at the Amicalala Falls. This book will not do that, but there will be a lot of things for you and they're free. So if you are ready for a challenge, maybe you are an observer, so my prayer right now is that you give God the glory and let him take you to climb the top of the mountain and get to know him all the way to the top. In that series that I'm starting today, I call it People Who Know Their God, and it's how are we going to start today. And um, I'm going to tell you that in 1855, a minister in England, this is all in the book, started a sermon with something like this, paraphrase. It has been said by someone that the proper study of mankind is men. I will say that the proper study of God is God. So the proper study of child of God is God the Father. God the Father, his name, his nature, his presence, his works, his doings, his exist existence, his divinity. While this subject of God will humble your mind it will also expand it. If we think of God, we are expanding our view. We will have a larger mind than the person that goes and lives their life with a narrow world vision without God in it. So my question to you is, do you want to get challenged? Do you want to be challenged? Then study the science of Christ, but him crucified, but him alive. Study the glory of God as part of the Trinity. And I know you're going to say to me, Arely, that is called theology and it's really boring. <laughs> For some of you, it's irrelevant. It's in the past. I'm telling you, it is a must. The world becomes a strange, mad, painful place. And life is a disappointing and unpleasant business for those who do not know about God. Always searching for answers always unsatisfied and disappointed if God is not in your life. So where do we start? You have a bulletin answer, here we come. There are five basic truths 
five foundation principles regarding the knowledge about God that we as Christians must have. First one, and there's all quoting from the book, God has spoken to men, and the Bible is his word, a word given to us to make us alert and aware of a salvation plan for mankind. If you are part of a volunteer at the kids' zone, a teacher or, or a helper, you know that Jeff, my husband, for, through the years, he's been teaching the kids and asking them one thing. He picks up this book and he says, who wrote this book? And the children said, God did. Yep. And everything in it is true. So they were part of, so God will say it like this. Who wrote the Bible? God. And everything in it is true. It's just as simple as that. And the little ones from preschool started knowing that this is fundamental. God chooses to speak to us through this book. Foundation uh, through number one. Number two, God is Lord and King over his world. He displays his perfection in all he does in order that angels and men may adore him. There is no explanation needed for this one, huh? Number three, God is Savior, active in love through Jesus Christ to rescue believers from the guilt and power of sin. God is trino, I'm sorry, triune. It sounds so much better in Spanish. <laughs> he is triune. There are three persons in him. The three of them are working at the same time. How? In the salvation plan. The father is projecting the salvation plan called redemption. The son is making sure that it's done, not by supervising, but by doing it himself. And the Holy Spirit is involved in the application part. As I was chewing on that through the week, how do we do that? I come up with this at the store. I was at Walmart. And then I found this thing. Three-in-one product. <laughs> Shampoo, conditioner, and body wash. How does this work? I have no idea. I have to ask Fiona, Fiona, our chemistry professor, and let me know how does this soap, soap, soap uh, works. <laughs> but what I know, oh, softener, too. But what I know is that the shower in my house is really small. That my, the man in my house cannot have three products, first of all, because one only needs two. <laughs> and the other one um, doesn't need, sorry. You didn't know that was coming. So uh, they don't need three products. They cannot have three bottles, okay? How does this work? I don't know. I just know that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are together in the salvation plan, and they're working all, all the time. Number four, I mean five. Godliness means... Responding to God. Okay, well, that makes sense. Responding to God's revelation. So you are in front, God just revealed himself to you. So what do we do? You respond in trust and obedience, faith and worship, sure. Prayer and praise, sure. Oh, here comes the last one. Submission and service. Oh, my goodness. Life 
must be seen and live in the light of God's word. I don't know a lot of things, but I know that God is God and I am not, and for that I'm thankful, and he is thankful too. <laughs> I know that he is self-existent. I know that he is infinite, eternal, unchangeable, perfect, that he is love, faithful, just. We all should know these things. There are called characteristics or attributes of God, and they're right there in the back of their bulletin. And if you are a Christian, you know, you should know them. Actually, we are going to teach them to the children. And I want you to know that if someone asks you, what is God? Not who is he. What is God? What is it? What is he? What is? Let's read it all together. It's there in the back of your bulletin, and it says like this. God is spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Thank you. Okay, by now you got my point. We need to know about God, huh? But if the knowledge that we have about God, God is only for our own benefits, I want to stop you right now. Don't even go there. Because you know what? It's going to make you very prideful. Because you are going to look down to the people that know less than you. You are going to find out that you know all the answers. But guess what? The great lion of God. This is who? The apostle Paul with that title of the great lion of God. One of the wisest persons that ever existed. Ah, said this thing. He said in 1 Corinthians 8, 1, 2, anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. Friends, we don't want to stop at knowing about God. We need to know God. We need to know who he is because there is a very big difference. In Spanish, there are two verse, verbs to use to know. One is saber, to know about someone, I mean, or something. And the other one is conocer, to know the person, to know a person. So there are, I'm not here to teach you Spanish, but I can tell you that there is a really big difference to know about someone and to know someone. And this is what we are challenged. We need to know God because, because if not, we're just going to have head knowledge about him, but not be in practice. Don't come and tell me all the good things that Jesus has done and have no intention to do one of them. That's not who we are or want to be. I need to know God, and I need to believe that this book is the war of God. I need to believe that everything in it is true, and it takes faith. Because you're going to tell me, you know, what about Jonah? You know, he was swallowed by a big... Oh, some of you say whale. It doesn't say there that it's a whale. It says that it's a big fish. Okay? So... If that is something that you are struggling with, boy, you have seen nothing. Because for me, it is harder to believe that a man came to earth from heaven to die for my sin. That's harder than Jonah. So if you don't think that is harder than Jonah, that even makes me cry. Uh, it is. I needed to pay for my stinkiness. Could you think of yours? Okay, don't. <laughs> for that, he paid for it. That's harder to believe than Jonah. I think Jonah is a piece of cake or a small little quesadilla, I would say in Spanish. 
Just because we don't eat a lot of cake in Mexico, you know. Uh, how can you turn your knowledge about God into a knowledge of God? How do you do that? It is very simple, but very demanding. We are going to turn each truth, like starts with the five ones that we just said, and learn about God, and we are going to put them, those truths, into medita meditation, prayer, and praise. So what is meditation? Meditation is the activity of calling to mind and think over and dwelling on and applying to oneself. It is an activity of holy thoughts, consciously performed in the presence of God, under the eyes of God, by the help of God, in communion with God. Shoot that on quick. Boy, think about that. What does meditation mean? How can I do that? How can I have this personal devotional time with the Lord to really apply that? And, you know, Bernadette does an excellent job during the week in this uh, midweek meditation class, and that commercial is sponsored by Swab. Uh, come, check your bulletin. You know, it's right there. You know, come, come. They, they will tell you. They will apply all these things, all of them at the time. Learn. Be challenged. So while knowing about God, make yourself prideful. Knowing God will make yourself humble. Huh. As I look at the scriptures about humbleness, there are a lot of them in there, but I'm just going to use a few that they caught my attention. Proverbs 29:23. Pride ends in humiliation, while humility brings honor. Ephesians 4:2. Always be humble and gentle. Micah 6:8. Walk humbly with God. Philippians 2, 8. Jesus humbled himself. There are many, many others. But I was really surprised that Galatians 5, 22 does not list humbleness as a fruit of the Spirit. Huh. I was wondering why. And here I come again with my love of languages, verbs, and all that. Do you know why the fruit of the Spirit, humbleness is not part of them? Just remember them, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self the only control that the Lord asks you to have, only control you can have in your life is your own. You cannot control your husband. I wish. You cannot control your kids. Double wish. <laughs> They're only allowed to control yourself. But going back to my point, humbleness is not a fruit of the Spirit because it's a command. Be humble. Walk humbly. Make yourself humble. Humbleness, people, is a choice, not a characteristic that we possess. You need to want to be humble. How can I be humble? Hmm. What do you think when you think of someone humble? 
Can you see, can you picture Mother Teresa? All of you, sure. Oh my, this is a small little lady, weak and with no power. Is that what you see when you think of humbleness? I think about the king of the universe. He make himself humble. Have you, can you picture a baby right now? Could you see something that is as weak as a baby when they are born? They are so humble, so helpless. Jesus said that, the scripture said that he made himself nothing. Oh, I thought I was all done. But he said he made himself one of us. So nothing. Nice. What are you? I'm nothing. You know, that's the de definition of man. And he made himself one of them, one of us. Without the help of God the Father, without the help of the Holy Spirit, and without of the help of his parents, Jesus couldn't survive as a human baby. And he made himself humble. So next time to you think of someone humble, look at that baby. Think about it. Actually, uh, another commercial, Bernadette showed us that in this little meditation thing, and a lot of moms were there, and we were all crying, oh my goodness, that baby. How can I be humble? How can I take all this knowledge that, about, that I have about God and become humble? I'm going to give you one really easy way to do it. Be around kids. <laughs> they make us humble. I'm going to tell you a story. There was last year, we switched away. We uh, check in and out the kids um, to come in the kids' home because we have a few incidents in where the kids will disappear and we didn't know where they were. So we uh, totally let the kids come in and not the parents. And every time that you change uh, procedure, you have a few problems. So the first day, by the way, you come, come now in. Anytime, we welcome you there. But back to my point, we are in Kids Zone. First Sunday, we are changing the procedure, and Lily Bors and I are there, and we are going to do this right, and we are going to woohoo, rock at this. And here comes little Susie. Little Susie is just a name that I always tell when I'm talking about a kid when I don't want to give a name or a visitor or a guest. So little Susie comes and uh, I go down to her eye lab level and I say, good morning, little Susie, how are you doing? Doesn't answer me. And I say, well, today I'm just going to um, hold your hand and take you to your class. I hold her hand, she <laughs> takes the hands off me and says, I don't like you. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> the parents in line. Maybe you like um, Lily. <laughs> Lily took little Susie to the classroom. Do you know why kids keep us humble? I think they keep us humble because they keep it real. Kids do not pretend to be someone they are not. Kids are not going to tell me they know something that they don't know. So how in the world do I do that? I'm just going to pray that you have a child's like courage to be the one that can keep it real and say, sure, I know all this and I can apply it like this. And that's okay if the rest of them, they don't know it. This is what we are here for. How? How do we keep it humble? Maybe you're going to tell me that you don't have any gift. Some of you have said that. 
I, I don't even know. I don't know what gifts do you have. You know, God has given us a lot of them. Just look at this. This one has canela, cinnamon. You know, this one is pink. You know, and this other one is red and it's Christmassy looking. Maybe it's a soccer ball. Uh, <coughs> God has many. The scripture says that God has given each of you a gift from his great variety. Well, at the end of the service, I'm going to be able to say variety, variedad, okay, of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. If you don't know your gifts, I'm going to show you a video. And just remember that I work with kids and with you. Let's watch this. Do I play hard? Yeah. Do I win? Usually. My name is Charlie Parker. And my spiritual gift is dodgeball. When you ask Michael Jordan how he got to where he is right now, he'd say he practiced, practiced, practiced. Hey, Charlie, somebody called for you. He might say some other things, but the main thing would be practice. And that's what I do. I practice. I practice at home. I practice at work. I practice at school. I practice when people aren't looking and people are looking. Hey, Charlie, I have an apple for you. Here, catch. And that's what makes me unique. The key to being a good dodgeball player is to be agile, like a spider monkey. Ironically, that's our team name. One of my moves is called the wing duck and the conspiracy theory. <laughs> God gave some people the gift of compassion, some people the gift of love. He gave me the gift of dodgeball, and I'm going to use that unto him. Dodgeball. Do outstanding deeds. Go everywhere. Be all. Dodgeball. Hey, listen, Charlie, man. Lots of paper here. Got a stapler? The worst place to get hit is not the head, but the heart. Some people and girls don't understand the meaning of competition. I'm not sorry. Touchable. Do outstanding deeds. Go everywhere. Be all. He said the worst place to get hit is not where? Is the heart. Because when you are humble, your heart is going to be broken for the ones that Jesus is broken for. Paul, in Philippians 3, 7. Let's go there. Philippians 3, 7 to 10. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. He says this. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else else is worthless when compared when compared with the infinite value of knowledge knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for his sake I have discarded everything else counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law whether I become righteous through faith in Christ for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. 
I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him in sharing in his death. Paul, one of the most fascinating people that ever existed, I guess in my world, who care less, could care less about his talents and his gifts. Why? Because he wanted to talk about Jesus. He didn't want to talk about himself. Boy, I wish I was like him. Every time I win a recipe contest, I go, I won again. I post it on Facebook. I test my kids. I WhatsApp my brother in Mexico and my sisters. I just tell the whole world, I wish I was as humble as Paul was. I'm not there. We're working on it. Okay? If you see it on Facebook, like it. <laughs> Paul was a man of his time. He was a smart, intelligent, powerful man. He knew and applied the law and the regulations like nobody else. He was a businessman. He could debate and win. There's a difference, too. He was a great speaker, a great teacher. He was talented, and then something happened to him. You know what happened to him? Christ took hold of him. Literally. So everything that I just told you about him, his characteristics, his talents, and his gifts became nothing to him. Nothing. They meant nothing in compare of the person of Jesus Christ. Knowing Jesus and making him known was the only important thing, thing for, for Paul. He actually said, all I know is garbage, basura in Espanol, scubalon in Greek. Now I won't tell you the meaning of that. You look it up yourself. It's not a good one. What medals are you wearing? People respect you because of your reputation, your education, your job, your looks, your money, your talents. I, I really don't know what's on your list, but please allow the Holy Spirit to remind you that as long as you depend on those things, you are not going to get hold of the whole person of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what Paul is not saying on that verse. He's not saying, okay, people pretend that all those things do not exist. Put them in that garbage. He's not saying that. He says use them for the glory of God. Use them to know God and make him known. Use them. He gives you all these gifts for, use, for you to use. I'm going to show you some statistics that are going to shake your world right now, especially the parents. Do you know that 40 to 50% of kids who graduate from church or youth group will not follow got into college. Do you know that 20% of college students who abandoned their faith plan to do so during high school? That 80% left intending the, to, to uh, pretend to stay with their faith, but they didn't. Here comes a really a little one that is a little good. 30 to 60% of those who abandoned their faith in church returned to both in their late 20s. We need to build lasting faith in our kids so we are not part of these bad statistics. 
there are many, many, many opportunities for you to do so. If you already know God, do you want to make him known? There are in the back of, of uh, the church and the community table today a few um, sign-up lists. One is called Guiding Your Kids Through Their Twins and Teens. Rod and Asha are going to uh, start a group that talks about these things. There are some books, and the logistics are still to be determined. But if you want more information, just sign up for that. We're going to be reading the book, The Christian Parenting Handbook, and another one that is called Parenting Beyond Your Capacity. Should that <laughs> for a little while. If you want to be part of that, just sign up today. But maybe you, don't, you are down with that. I don't have little ones. I don't have twins and twins, and I'm uh, not in my parenting age. What about being a mentor? The MOPS group here meets twice a month. 25 women come with MOPS means ma ma mothers of preschoolers. They come here and they need mentors. They need someone that already did it. So come, be part of it. And if you don't like any of those ideas, lead a life group or sign up for an outreach. We need to serve the Lord so we can get a hold of the whole person of Jesus Christ and not just sit there with the gifts that there are unopened, really. Do you like that? Can you imagine you have a gift right there and you don't open it ever? just sits there and collects dust. Some of us are doing that. So please, please go there. And why, why, I, why I'm telling you that this is the way to do it? This is the only way to do it? Why do I ask you to be part of these things? Well, because I want you to experience Jesus to the fullest. There is no other way. And you know why there is no other way? Because the people that know God and want to make him known, we show up. And we open the door again and again and again. Even when we face rejection, even when we climb 500 steps and it looks like we're not going anywhere, even when we are tired, even when we are saying that we're moving to a different building and we just cannot see the building for the new church. But unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. We, the people that know God and want to make him known, we come back the next day and we do it all over again. Even when we see people that stay at the landing of the 175, oh, that hurts. They don't want to go up. They don't want to go down. They don't like the way we climb, probably. But they, they quit. They don't want to do it. But people that know God and want to make him known. We keep trying, even when it looks like a complete waste of my valuable time. Even when my muscles hurt, my heart hurts, even when my ego is broken. Because one day, one day, Jesus is going to show up. Big time. One day. People, one day, Jesus is going to get a hold of some more lives and he's going to require their brain. And that day, I'm going to rejoice. And I just did that last week when I get, went and had breakfast on New Year's Day with someone. And as we were sitting there, this pe pe person said, guess what? I got my dashboard. I have it right here. How can I use it? How can I let everyone know about God? Can you help me? 
And I said, sure. That day, I'm going to rejoice, as I did. And I don't want you to meet that miss that opportunity. Don't be an observer. Be someone that wants to know God and make him known. Now I'm going to ask the worship team to come. So please take this time to connect with God and let this word speak to you. How can you know him and make him known? By getting involved, by serving, by leading. And then we're going to have a time for prayer. So come. Maybe you need energy to climb all the way to the top of the mountain, if that is your desire. Don't forget to shake the community table. All these commercials that I gave you today so God can help get hold of your life and rewire your brain. Thank you very much. <laughs>